This is professional radio, gentlemen. That's front wheel drive. Sorry, have you got anyone you want to thank? Just myself. And now we do the after hours. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, what would you go for? Thanks to your Okay, and because it's not a supercar. It is. It's not. Automotive perfection comes in the form of two letters, A and U. Long live my LTD. Welcome to Car Talk on 98.9 Northwest FM. I am your host, Alan, uh, joined via Zoom uh, with uh, Mr. Matty J. In the studio, along with, uh, as always, Scotty Doe and Mr. Rizatka. And we've also got Mark Allen today. How you going, Mark? Hey, pretty good. We're also being joined, so uh, as a latecomer by Mr. Patrick Nehmer. How are you doing, Patrick? When you get on, can you hear us? Are you there loud and clear, oh, my friend? Loud and clear. I'm I believe here. it's Mr. Patrick 4 by 2 now. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. No, well, uh, Alan... How are you, my friend? How's it going? How's it going on your end? I am going good. Um, you know, have some more DMAX news, which is, uh, I think, a positive. Uh, we'll go over that when we do some car updates. But yeah, how's everyone else doing? Pretty good on my end. What about you, Rizzy Ross? Uh, we here, we live. And Scotty? I am doing quite well. Thank you very much. And Patrick? I'm doing all right. Can't complain. I'm I'm all good. Well, we'll get into some car updates straight off the bat before we get into tonight's topic. Rizzy Ross, updates with you, man. What's happening on your end, seeing as you're all the one that's good to go? Yeah, so, gents, I got some big news. I don't know if it's if it's big enough news or not, and I may never be allowed to get back onto this this podcast after this, but the <laughs> Serato is no longer in my stable anymore. Oh, you sold it. It's gone. So, it, it's, it's gone back to... Uh, it, it, it's roots. It's heading back to Korea as we speak on onto the racetrack in the Korean racing circuit where it <laughs> belongs. Um, no, it's just ended up in Bandura somewhere. So, um, Close so yeah, no, Close that's a, that, that, that's gone. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm back to my two vehicles at the moment and uh, two high end uh, electric vehicles, high, high end but you know, I'll, I'll come back to the ground in a couple of weeks' time when I will have the BYD for ten to fourteen days. Ooh, okay. um, so when when I do that, we might have to do a car talk special in Hadfield, um, where 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 we can make it all happen. So now at the moment, just back to back to my red car, and um, yeah, no more petrol cars for the moment <laughs> uh mark we haven't had you on in a couple of weeks how you doing my friend good to have you back what well, i'm surprised that you agreed to come back on the show with us as uh, us uh us idiots um so <laughs> so well, welcome back to the show updates with you with what's happening with your two cars um hope you've been well what's happening i've been recovering from lack of sleep thanks to the young one but uh <laughs> Uh, honestly, uh, I have only done a little bit of homework on one car at the moment, being the Corolla. And like I say, I finally figured out why it has a misfire and a high boost. Uh, uh, so, so you actually, so you actually figured it out. So, I figured what, it out. I, I found the evidence. Wrong temperature range spark plugs. Ah, uh, okay. But it's hard to tell 
You can see crossfire, but it's hard to spot when you're running E85 because it burns so clean. So, so finally. So did you put a hotter plug or a colder plug? A bit hotter. A bit hotter, okay. And, yeah, I, I took that run out to Great Ocean Road and didn't have a single misfire or, or issue the whole way. Um, is that is that car on a flex fuel tune so you can put 98 in it? or does it? Oh, straight? yeah, it's flex fuel. Okay, good, yeah. Because I was going to say the Great Ocean Road, you mightn't get very far. <laughs> No, not not when you when you're giving it a stick on ninety eight and you're going to get three four hundred k's out of a tank and then you put e eighty five in it and uh, you're looking for petrol stations pretty frequently. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's uh, my brother's going through that same issue at the moment with his car. Just like he's he's putting he's puts a fuel a full tank in it once a week of eighty five, and he does about a hundred k's. Um, so that says all you need to know about ethanol. <laughs> Just absolutely burns. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, man, all good with the uh, the Orion and the Corolla. Um, the other Corolla, you're never going to have a problem with it. And the Orion uh, chasing the usual gearbox. Uh, they have gearbox transmission flaring. Okay. That's so uh, trying to do a full service on it, find some better oil. I've got the um, the Toyota software, so I might be able to sneak an update into it. How many Ks has that done? 98,000. Okay. Because my dad's got the same car, um, but this has done just hit 70,000. So I'm hoping that it doesn't break. <laughs> it so they, be- they recommend doing a transmission service, even though they claim they're sealed for life. Uh, yeah. That life is only 200,000 Ks if that's all you want life to be. Completely agree with you there. Alan, updates with you. Um, we'll start with the smaller ones. Um, my brother in law, uh, and sister went to Adelaide uh, for a wedding. So they had me dropping them off at the airport. And also, you know, because I'm already doing them a favor, might as well do them another one. I pick up my brother-in-law's cars from the mechanic. Mm. Uh, because, you know, nothing nothing like kicking a man while he's down. It's not like they're going to take me to the mechanic and, you know, they need my help. No, I have to make my own way to the mechanic. Uh. And uh, I walk there. Thanks. There was only about three Ks. Um, but it was over some treacherous terrain. Got there, um, picked up his uh, his Rexy or my old Rexy, and uh, was pleased to see that it had it tipped over three hundred thousand Ks. There you go. Yeah, still going strong. Uh, so quite proud of that car, and uh, yeah, just gave it a drive home and uh, you know had some fun with it. Nothing too you know dangerous, um, but yeah, it was just nice to be in the car again. And uh, yeah, I went and picked him up today in the in the Rex, and then you know dropped myself off home and then let them take the car. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty solid. Uh, nice to see you know drive the car again. Um, I saw his little service list. I think it spent oh, about a thousand dollars on different stuff. How can we get done? Yeah, uh, he had. Um, I think his coolant overflow bottle was um, uh, cracked or something, so yeah. it had to get replaced. Uh, brake flush, uh, clutch fluid flush, um, regular service along with stuff. Yeah, I think they they polish his headlamps again because they keep going out. I told him to get new ones. Um, yeah, quite a few other things that have kind of skipped my mind, but it was a quite an extensive service. Um, and again, I had to pay for that because obviously he wasn't present to put the bill, <laughs> but he'll get me back. That's all right. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I thought, hang on, if he's got the he's got his uh clutch fluid bled, and I was thinking myself because the MX5, um, occasionally shifting into third, if you shift real fast at a low speed, it will want to grind, mm-hmm. but if you shift real fast at a higher speed. It's, it just glides right in. So I thought maybe it's more of, you know, I had the transmission floor changed and that improved a little bit, but not too much. 
So maybe you know the clutch fluid's worth looking at. And I open the um the reservoir for the master cylinder, and it is disgusting. Like not only is it like dark fluid, there's like bits of black just floating around in there. <laughs> well, well, this 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 needs a change. I'm not a mechanic, but this needs a change. So I get the old you know little um, syringe thing, pull out whatever fluid I can, top it up with fresh fluid, um, and then today I jacked it up. Uh, the slave cylinder is kind of really easily accessible right under the front driver's side tire. So I put a little plastic tube on there, cracked open the bleeder, and just started pumping the uh, the clutch. And uh, unfortunately, the tube that I put on was a bit too big, so all the fluid just ended up on the ground. <laughs> um, <laughs> which hey you know as long as it's not in the car anymore i'll take it so uh yeah like i had that all uh, i think i went through about three at least three different um pores of filling up the reservoir again make sure all the line was clear and then uh, like any good home mechanic i called out to my mom I'm like mom come here i need you to get in the car and press the clutch for me <laughs> after i after i tightened up the uh, the bleeder valve just to make sure there weren't any leaks and uh, that's definitely made a difference well the clutch is a lot lighter um and just yeah, all the shifts are really nice. Yeah, so uh, definitely a worthwhile thing, you know. Um, I got to use my uh, my Tool Pro uh, Impact uh, Ratchet as well, you know, to take out the, uh, the take off the wheel nuts. Not to take them on though, just lightly, uh, but to take them off. Yeah, happy to go with the Impact. I felt like a real, you know, mechanic. The F one, you know. But uh, yeah, like a bit of home maintenance. I'm always about that. I'm pretty sure my brother will play it about $90 for his clutch fluid slush, and I paid about 10 So, <laughs> yeah, sometimes the home maintenance is worth it. Um, final bit of news. Uh, actually, I don't know if, depending on last week, what where we were in the sale of the SX4, but that's officially Nathan's name now. He actually drove it to the station today. Oh, very good, very good. Looking nice and shiny. And uh, the D-Max will be ready to be picked up on Thursday. Hey. Yeah. Uh, the, the one, like, the, the dealership always gives me trouble. I was just like, I, I told them ahead of time that I said we were going to self-finance it, for lack of a better term, oh. and just tell us beforehand, like, I, I told many times, like, just tell us what, what the check made out to. Or yeah. if you are going to go via bank transfer, give me the details ahead of time. Yeah. Um, and so today I went to drop off the number plates that we were going to have in the car. And he said, well, we're not taking checks anymore because somebody made a fraudulent bank check. So putting a freeze on checks. I said, you could have told me that a little bit ahead of time. Yeah. Because my maximum daily transfer limit is 25000 yeah. That's going to take three days to kind of fulfill that amount. So if I'll try and go into the branch tomorrow, see if I can do a larger transfer through the branch. If I can't, I'm basically going to do two lots of 25 and then take $11,000 cash into the, the dealership yeah. On Thursday, and be like, "You deal with this." Yeah. You know. <laughs> now, Alan, you and I both know what the legit way of paying for a vehicle is. It's obviously through the most secure platform, and yeah, sometimes you know we can bring in a check, and they won't know what to do with it. But the most secure payment gateway is via Optus's full legit. <laughs> car dealership transfer service. <laughs> Everything that you send gets transferred it might not get transferred into the dealership's name but to one of their newest hire exec gladys berejiklian yeah <laughs> um, and so you know what i'm saying if you want to pay that's the only way these dealerships take the funds these days through yeah. optus's secure payment gateway that you know no cyber attack can get through that it's it's legit it's legit 
Uh, you know how much you on the uh, I signed up for the little uh, class action. Oh, did you? <laughs> like, did, nothing will probably come of it, but you never know. I might get a check of five dollars someday in the future. Well, did just out of, cur- out of curiosity, did I, I hear correctly? Did Telstra get hacked today? They can't. Their customer service is so good, straight from Mumbai. It's probably <laughs> the same people working in the call centers hacking them <laughs> while they're working there because the pay conditions aren't very good. That's an inside job, man. So, so look, the D Max is on Thursday. What time's delivery? Uh, I think it's I think it's somewhere in the afternoon. Okay, I'm not 100 sure. the The only question is again, I think once you pay more than ten thousand dollars cash, you have to do that little paperwork thing. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the part that's kind of peed me off. Like everything's kosher, you know, everything's above board. But just oh, is it? Alan? Yeah, well, you know, according to the ATO and according to my accountant, it is. So uh, <laughs> it's just I'd prefer not to have to do any extra paperwork, and yeah. I've already waited long enough. Um, I might try and convince them to let me pay like about let's just say two thousand ish on credit card, and then the amount will be under ten. And then you know it, it will be, you know, technically obfuscating the law, but it's understandable. Mm. I reckon if you go into the bank, they'll let you anyway. Hopefully, hopefully that'll be tomorrow's. Kind of I couldn't think why they wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, but when I went to the bank to purchase, which I'll discuss later, and I, I had to because I the guy wanted obviously to pay for mine for cash. If you, normally they they would they'll say to you, oh, you normally give us at least three days in advance beforehand to know that you were withdrawing like it's more than ten thousand, but um in some like in my case and probably hopefully in your case they can make a one off exception if they say you've never done it before and they can hopefully on that spot on that day pull it all. Yeah, in my case, it, it, if I go to the bank, it'll still be an electronic transfer, so I don't need them to front the cash at the very least. It'll just be yeah, just send the funds from my account to their account. Yeah. Um, but sometimes banks can be, you know, a little picky with how you use your money, mm. which uh, which is another topic for another day, I guess. You know, mm. can't talk yeah. against the banks. Riz, you got to go, man. Thanks for coming on quickly, and and we'll talk to you. No worries. Uh, and if if anyone wants a full legit way of transferring money, I've just opened a new finance transfer service, Triple A Finance. See you, Jens. Take it easy, Riz. Um, but it's exciting, man. New car on the horizon for you, Alam Deep Singh. Yeah, like it's, uh, I think it's fortuitous timing. We're going to get the, hopefully, knock on wood, because they, they recently broke a window in the new house. Um, we're going to get the keys to the new house on Friday. Cool. So moving things into the new house will be a lot more helpful with a big old ute uh, than with what cars we've got right now, because, yeah, we've got the Falcon and then you've got the MX-5. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean the Falcon might store a few things that's at least big but it's no hatch and then the MX-5 yeah, you, you'd be like to get a grocery bag in there <laughs> I'll bring the MR2 won't be much help um, so <laughs> it'll be there for support moral support. support absolutely Scotty updates with you me nothing too super exciting I um, as I said last week I was going to clean underneath the 31 so got underneath there gave it a really good clean a lot of like built up gunk and everything that's all around near the power steering pump and up on the suspension arms all under there so i cleaned all that off um i don't really see any new fresh leaks or anything everything looks really old Mm. nothing new nothing really wet under there just very gunky so i've cleaned all that off um hopefully it stays that way and stays looking nice and clean uh what else just bought a couple more suspension bushes. So I've got some sway bar 
mounts, bushes coming for the front, and what else did I get? Caster rods oh, and cool. bushes. Um, they got the Super Pro bushes already attached to it. Other than me just buying the bushes and putting them all in, it's already the whole thing. So straight in. Trying to make it as easy as possible than having to get bushes um, pressed in and everything like that, which can be a bit messy. But I'll have to do that probably for the rears because I need um, rear trailing arm bushes, but that will have to wait a little bit longer because there's a lot of them and they're a bit more pricier than what I just paid for those other two other two bushes. I mean, the caster rods and bushes was only, only paid, I think, 50 bucks. Just pretty good. Then the mounts were only like 20. Yeah. So mount bushes were only about 20 bucks. Cheap. So I thought, yep, why not? Get those done. They are ticked off the list. So I made a whole list of all the kind of suspension bushes that I've got and what I still might need um, just to try and keep track because I, I don't know if it's just me, but it's really confusing when it comes to suspension parts and suspension bushes because they're called different things. Yeah. Some people might call it something. And then, so, it's, you know, they different meanings with some of them. Some people might not call them um, caster bushes. It might have another name and things like that. So it gets really complicated. So I've got it all written down. So I've got a better idea of what I'm doing and what I need and what I've already got. I find that issue all the time, especially at work when, when people come and say, Hey, I've got, um, I've got a right, you know, right front. Um, I need a, whatever it is and, and then you look up in the system and the system is completely different and uh, but like I, I know like for example like when, when they say or oh, um a d bush you, you know you know there's they're not called d bushes on, on the thing but but some people call them a d bush and so you'd be like oh yeah so you have to the, the, the sway bar the the, the the sway bar you know mounting bushes and they're like ah oh, i think so like this is what it looks like they're like oh yeah that's the ones so yeah, yeah. yeah can totally understand about that yeah, it gets pretty confusing, especially like I've had people, yeah, when I've worked with you um, coming in, you know, they're after some bushes and then you say, is it upper or lower? And they're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it throws them off. So it's just, yeah, it's pretty confusing under there, all the suspension bits and pieces and bushes and people calling them different things. So, but that's all right. I'll get my head around it, hopefully. Yeah, I got some bits and pieces ready to go on. You know, I was having a look with that. You know, the whole kit that I got and I showed you. Yeah. In the box, the whole thing. I was having a look underneath quickly, and like, there's a couple of them. I don't even know where they go. Yeah. Somewhere at the front, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I could match it up. I was like, it's it's somewhere under there, but I can't exactly spot it myself. <laughs> Must be hiding under something. No. Well, it, it should feel a lot better that now that it's going to be all poly bushed and everything. It should feel a lot tighter and. Um, yeah, it'd, it'd be being you know, a better car to drive. Yep, that's the aim. Get it looking and feeling nice and tight. And the aim is also uh, classic Japan. So yeah, it's coming up, my friend. It's coming up. That is getting very close. So next step is get all these bushes, get someone to fit them all for me. Um, well, it looks like I've got maybe something lined up further because I said last time the airflow meter. Yep. Um, so I might have something lined up that's brand new and half the price of the remanufactured versions of it. So hell yeah, give that a whirl, see if it works. Because I was looking like you know you can buy secondhand ones, but how do I know how long that's going to last? Yeah, you know, pick up 
second hand one 50 bucks that could be 50 bucks thrown away that might only last a month mm. and then i'm back square one again so better off to get something that's got a bit of a warranty on it too absolutely yep totally agree so why not um i think that's about it for me and patrick well, it's been a while since I've been on. So has been. So you've got a lot of new updates, Mister Mister Patrick. So I know Alan was making reference to this earlier. Yes. So last time I can recall, I was um, on the hunt. Obviously, I sold the Mazda. Mazda's gone, and I um, was on the hunt for a N60 Hilux. Um, I like to inform everyone that I've purchased not an N60 but an N70 2006 SR Hilux. Nice. Yay. Finally, okay. a full B gang. So whether I'm, I'm so loud on the podcast or not, I'll, I'll leave that up <laughs> to Matt. Um, but yeah, finally um, got a four-wheel drive, a bit more suited for obviously my lifestyle right now with work, going camping up to the snow and all that. So needed something more, you know, practical for that. So getting that car was another mission in itself, let me tell you, just and the road roadworthy taking forever to get done, delayed. You know the joke at work becoming. I don't. I don't actually own the car. It's a rental. Um, but uh, uh, it was a head fuck. But at the end, it was all worth it because you know the car's fantastic. So, quick rundown on the car. Obviously, two thousand six SR. 4x4, four four, Alan, not 4x2, what my mates say on Facebook. It's a 4x4. Four <laughs> four. It obviously highlights a 1KD, 3-litre turbo diesel, 5-speed manual. It's white. Standard. Well, they're all white, uh, Patrick. All, all, all white, yeah. Some goodies uh, with the cards. got, I believe, 30s or 31s, all terrains all around. It's got a 2-inch lift. It's got a tub in the on the back. Um, it's got brand-new Ironman. Four by four bull bar, brand new brush bars, brand new rock sliders, Iron Man four by four snorkel. What else? It's got an aftermarket Sony Apple CarPlay head unit with the reverse camera wide in, which is handy because driving that now compared to driving a little Mazda's night and day, <laughs> parking it is a, a nightmare in itself, but we're getting there. It's got a long range field tank, which I know I don't know how big it is because I don't have the pockets to test that just yeah. yet. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's asking me how big it is so i don't know but it's, it seems big enough it seems um, pretty kitted so far yeah no it's it's it was owned by obviously the guy i bought it off he obviously would have bought it from another person because he just flip, he was flipping and selling them but the original owner was an older gentleman that like that towed a lot of his uh had a camper around or something they did obviously a lot of like trips like that so that's why, hence why with the long range tank, which is good. It's got 277 on the body, but it's had a new motor in with around 171, 80,000 Ks on it. Okay. So it's all right. It isn't, it isn't the, the newer gen common rail. It is direct injection. Mm-hmm. But so far, my mechanic went over, when he went over it, he said the thing's fantastic. Only thing that worries me, but doesn't worry me, but I'm still just kind of in the back of my head is because obviously those 1KDs have injector issues. That can obviously when they go to place injectors, obviously being a diesel's a lot more, but so far so good. Hopefully, you know, knock on wood, I don't run into that. But yeah, no, the car's fantastic. I think it's had some aftermarket exhaust done to it as well because it does sound nice and uh, 
suri, if I want to put that word. It's got a nice turbo dose, which is cool because technically this is my now first turbocharged vehicle. I can't believe you, this beat a Sylvia to being your first turbocharged vehicle. Like, I, uh... Look, it was a hard pill to swallow. Don't get me wrong because <laughs> funny enough, the same day I paid for this, I, I gave the guy the cash for the um for this the Hilux straight away I saw on a marketplace um an S13 so no no not a marketplace my um and my one of my family friends his other friend had a um manual red top turbo S13 for sale and um it was gonna uh, it was nothing wrong with the car he just he had it for years and just wanted a quick sell and um because obviously he knew my, I'm close friend, my family friend, and he knew him. He was willing to give me the car for 16 grand, which kills. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm still feeling it now. <laughs> I'm still feeling it now. But look, it, it is what it is. I haven't given up. I will never. I, I, this, this doesn't mean that I've completely abandoned street cars altogether. Not at all. I'm Even now, I'm still looking at, you know, Sylvia's and whatnot hopefully no maybe by next year or something it's just with how i am with work and everything now it's just i needed a you yeah so it's a different change of pace it's cool it's it's cool driving that around you know with the big lifted car it's it's weird but uh you know i'm i'm loving it not regretting it at all so uh yeah i've got a few things planned for that i'm planning to obviously put the basics up get a roof rack on it the awning go tub rack set up Spotlights, UHF, and that's pretty much it. Boost an EGT gauge, catch can, and that's it. Just enjoy it. Toyota dur- durability. It'll the last. real question here, Patrick, is does it already have or do you plan on putting a bush pig sticker on it? <laughs> because that's the point at which we kick you out of the podcast. <laughs> does that have a bush pig sticker? <laughs> or do you well, plan look- on putting one on it? I'll, I'll, I'll put one on it, but um, <laughs> we'll be talking about stickers. They, um, obviously, my older brother's got the 80 Series Land Cruiser. Um, the night I, I, I brought it home, uh, he's like, I got a surprise for you. I'm like, what is it? He's like, close your eyes. So he goes, he puts a sticker on the back of my car, and it's funnily enough, it says, when I grow up, I want to be a Land Cruiser. <laughs> Which is cool. I rate it. I, it's got, I, I rate the sticker, but uh, yeah, no, there's a lot of uh, stickers uh, planning to cover that back windscreen. Very time very soon, so yeah, no, it's it's exciting, it's um different, but um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to what the future holds. And my, I know my um, well, I just want to leave it at this is that you know, for everyone that's you know, I can tell Maddie you're upset that I didn't get the Sylvia, and a lot of people are, a lot of people are, don't get me wrong, a lot of my friends are, but my uh, justification is you know. Because it's a Nissan, it's gonna bre- it will break down every day, so it's like a fun to tow it. <laughs> that's yeah, well, my excuse. At least you can tow it with the uh, with, with, with the Hilux, man. That, that that's that's the that's the main thing. Uh, now, congrats, mate. What well, I'm, I'm I'm happy for you. You got you got you got you got got a good good new car. It'll work. Um, just yeah, just 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 keep on top of maintenance on those. And my my issue with those things and and ranges and all that. People drive them like they're race cars. They're not they're not made to be hammered the crap out of. <laughs> nah. Um. So, so as long as you're not sitting on the limiter and, you know. Nah, no, of course not. Look, to be fair, I, I'll, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm, you know, I knew everything because the first few days I got it, you know, I thought, you know, it was some, it was something else. Like I thought it was like a, you know, 
like a Supra or something. Like, oh, it's a Toyota, it's a Turbo. It's pretty much a Supra. I learned <laughs> that very quick. Learned that very quick. It's not at all, but um, no, it's got plenty of torque for down low. And um, as well with a typically drive, I'm um, driving every day. It's, it's in four, but it is in two wheel drive because um, there's no weight in the, in the tub. I remember the night I picked it up, it was raining going around the round the bend, uh, around the belt. Had some, you know, Falcon memories in that. Thing. So, you know, I, oh, it shocked me. It shocked, it shocked me quite a bit. Um, I came to my senses quickly, like, okay, this is, you know, get myself into some serious trouble with this. So, um, but yeah, like, I get get what you mean. A lot of people, you know, thrash them, which is why there's so many just completely thrash ones out there. People players, you know, they abuse them, don't you know, look after them for what they are. Uh, the way you innate. spoke about it, Patrick, did you ever spend any time on two wheels in this car? On two wheels? Hmm. What do you mean? Maybe going around the corner a bit too fast and they're realising that, once again, as you said, it's not a Supra. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Hilux. It's big and tall and heavy. Yes. Yeah, and uh, maybe spending a bit of time on two wheels for a second or two. Uh, no, not, not really on two wheels, just more like, you know, one, one, I'm looking this way, but my ass is all the way out in like <laughs> Dallas. <laughs> that's that's yeah, but um, yeah, that's, that's, keep uh, the sway bars on it, yeah, sorry, keep the bars on it. Don't do, yeah, no, no, I'm not gonna do what my mate did with his patrol and remove the sway bar links and just yeah. so you can completely, you know, no, I, I, I like life, thank you, yeah, <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Congrats, mate. That, 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 that's really, that's really, really good. Thanks, I, I'm happy for you. Well, um, you know, Mark, Mark will be happy now because, because Mark's a Toyota guy, so you'll, you'll be, uh, you'll, you'll be, you'll be good in his book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Updates with me. Um, I drove to Adelaide on Wednesday. So, so last week, as you, as you guys probably keen listen to the show would know that uh, I, I went to Adelaide. Did the Great Ocean Road, so took the uh, one way with my sister. So we 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 drove the Forester, my old Forester, which is now her Forester. Now I'm I I got it onto the Great Ocean Road. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I miss this car. It is so much fun. Anyway, I'm I'm driving on the on, on the Great Ocean Road, and, and you know I pull in for some fuel and warnable, and, and I check my phone because I hadn't looked at my phone because I was going ham the whole time. It was great, and um, I get a message from from one of my old students who I used to teach. He like like he finished a while ago, and he's like, he's like, I just saw you going ham on the Great Ocean Road, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, oh, lovely. That's uh, that's um, yeah, makes uh, makes me look like a very responsible man. No, I, setting I a good example for the kids. Yeah, setting a great example for the kids. Just question quickly: um, Was it in my year level? No, he was. It was a year or two after yours, I think. So, okay. um, uh, but yeah, he uh. <laughs> He, he had to, I had a bit of a had a bit of a giggle about it, and then um, so we drove it all around the coast. We we, we stayed over. We stayed uh, at night in um, uh, Mount Gambia, and then drove to Adelaide the next day, and um, just hung around Adelaide for a day or two. Did some wineries, and then came back on Saturday. Drove, just drove just drove the the quick way back from Adelaide. But uh, my sister was driving us into um into SA, so we pulled over at the sign, and 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 I'm like, well, there's only one way to get into into South Australia, is, you know foot to the floor at 110 zone so she she launches the forest uh hits limiter i'm like oh no she's gonna kill the car <laughs> gets the next gear and just keeps going she's like oh well you know i guess we're in adelaide oh we're in the sa now i'm like i'm like you really are my sister aren't you you know like that's that's what, that's what I'm, 
we 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 don't we're not we're not uh too far too far apart in 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 that in that way but um no it, it was it was good it was it was it was good to, to drive that car again and because I, I haven't driven that car in a very long time so um i was like i said to myself why the hell did i did i get rid of it it's it just does everything it's practical it's fast it sounds good it looks good but then i got home and i saw the fiesta i was like oh, okay yeah I, I can see why i kind of I kind of changed up a little bit so so that was that scotty here's one for you yeah the mercedes is going Oh yes, it's going on Saturday. It's going. It's going. It's being driven up um, on Saturday to Coffs Harbour and to Grafton and onto all that area. Oh wow! Um, so basically, my uncle, who's, who's agreed to buy it, has his mates coming down, and he's just going to drive it back up. So I'm like, oh sure. <laughs> I hadn't gotten it fixed yet, and he calls me. My uh, my uncle calls me late yesterday. He's like, hey, um, I got my mate coming down. He's he'll be down tomorrow. He might he might he's coming to get the car. I'm like, mate, the car's not working properly yet. It's still broken. So I this morning I <laughs> before work I hopped in it and um drove it to to my mechanic. But on the way there, turning onto the freeway, it decided to stop. Um and and I was like I was like yeah, this is story of this of this the car now knows that it's going and it, and it's like saying you know what man i'm going to give you all the hell that you can ever deserve right now so i the only way i could keep it running was by having the revs up a little bit so i had it in like a lower gear and it was sitting about three on the freeway and i and i was coming off the freeway to, to go to cooper street and it turned red i'm like oh no if i stop i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna clonk out so i just threw it into neutral and just kept my foot like legit almost almost on limit just just holding it so it, so it didn't die out <laughs> neutral <laughs> neutral dropped it a little bit and then um got it to the mechanics i don't know how as i'm turning into the mechanics into the driveway it's like half up on a hill it stalls and then i couldn't get it started again <laughs> so it, it, it that, that's where it died scotty you running this down fred i'm typing it right now <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Scotty, thank you, mate. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, we had to push it the last little bit of the distance, but uh, runners like he's like it, could, it sounds like it's uh it's not getting spark, and it, sure enough, it's not getting spark. He put a new coil in it. I just saw what Scotty put in their group chat. Um, he put a new coil in it. It started, but then it killed that coil. So something's something's going on, and it's not doing well. So I'm like. Right now, I need this car back ASAP. It is it is going. I need it repaired. Um, and he just shook his head at me and just walked away. Um, so then, um, so then I, I go back to work and yeah, we'll, he's he's like, I need a couple more days just to try and figure it out. So hopefully, um, within the next day or two, it will be with the other guy and it will be on its way. Hopefully, fingers crossed, not missing a beat like it's done previously, getting to the top of New South Wales and safe and sound so but that was my event with the with the merc scotty um just just to so you know that that was that was, that was uh, it was overdue it was overdue <laughs> <so> over <laughs> um but yeah that's been pretty much it on my end gentlemen now tonight we're going to discuss a few things now we're doing our um uh, like patrick and mark you went here last week but but we're doing our around the world extravaganza uh, of cars from from different countries last week we did italy and uh, and I'll, in the comments on, on facebook was it was a was a real good one um i think it was james binsley said uh you forgot like di tomaso pantera 
uh, and I'm like, oh, that's a cracker for for Italy. You know, yeah, big um, big Cleveland American powered V8 in a good looking Italian car. That's that's one way to 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 do well. So seeing as he said that, I think we're going to America this week to the United States of Freedom. Your favorite cars from America and why and basically um, what would you would happily have in your garage if you had all the monies in the world. Now, Mark, I know you're a bit of a Japanese guy, but from speaking to your old man, he likes old Fords. So is there anything in America that that kind of uh, would tickle your fancy? To be honest, not off the top of my head. So we can come back to you. Uh, but Scotty, what about you? I would always start with the Mustang. I know David's not here and he's... Uh, yeah, Mustang. He's, he's not a fan. Um, but yeah, always been a massive fan of the Mustangs. If I wanted to get super picky, um, I would probably count out the 65 and 66 only because I'm not a huge fan of the tail lights. I know it's super picky, but I'm saying if I was being super picky, I'd probably say, no, I don't really like the taillights that much. They seem very small. I prefer when they move into the 67, 68. Yep. Variant of the taillights. It's just, I don't know, something about it. It's just what I prefer. And that they flush and, and, they, and they fit the curves of the body quite nicely. Yeah, they kind of go inwards as opposed to going small and outwards in the um, 64 and 65 and 66. Um and then with the Mustangs moving into the 70s, uh, they started to get pretty boxy, early 70s, 71 and stuff. Not a huge fan. Um, I think I became a fan of them again in the early 2000s mm. with that shape that was coming out then around 2002, 2004, that kind of shape. And, yeah, ever since then, they've been doing pretty good. I, I reckon that the brand new one that's coming out now looks like really good looks better than um the previous models that are still going at the moment i'd actually prefer it it's fantastic I, I watched the launch of the new mustang and um i was like oh i wonder what it's going to look like and then seeing it seeing it i was like actually this kind of looks pretty tough it's like it's an evolution not a revolution of the, of the of the current shape but it's it's basically they've got all the curves in the right spots it looks tough it looks aggressive um and they and what i like what they're doing with this one they're differentiating it from like you know model to model so like before you'd have to have a better look if it was a GT or if it was a you know EcoBoost Mustang. Now you can tell it's got they've got different front fascias, they've got different this, different that. So you'd be able to definitely tell and differentiate them. But I also like how they're changing the interiors on the new one that that's coming. It, it's not having the the traditional two kind of like little hump arrangement that they've always had. They, they've gone to like yeah, a big yeah. screen and stuff. So yeah. yeah, um I can't wait to see one in person actually. I think that'll be a good looking car. Yeah, I'd like to see it in person because I reckon when you see like the 2019, 2020 Mustangs in person, it's not massive, massive fan of it. I know something seems a little bit off yep. when I look at them. Oh, I'm not sure what it is. I can't put my finger on it, but it needs, needs something. And I don't know what it is. And I feel whatever they've done with this one, it's filled that gap, whatever it was. And big fan. I completely agree. Alan, have you seen the, the, the current Mustang that's just been released? I have, I have. And I, I agree with Scotty. Like, it's made, like, enough change where it's hard to pick up, but it just feels more correct. Yeah. I think some people have um, compared it to, like, some of the original Mustangs and uh, shown how it's kind of imitated the shape even more, and that might be the reason. Yeah. 
And what about you, Alan? If you like, are you, would you just say Mustang straight off the bat as well, like like Scotty? Or I definitely would um, put Mustang straight uh, like on the list. But I think to start, I'd probably actually throw down the the Ford Model T because it's kind of the OG. You know, it's it's what gave the world kind of the four wheel action. It was the first mass produced kind of car. Yeah, and that's why we are in in cars like we are today. Um, you know, otherwise we probably would have known something different. Yeah. Maybe we would have been on three wheelers or you know, something with maybe we would have had electric motors, you know, a lot earlier. We had like a little coal thing that's like making steam making steam and then like making a turbine spin and doing something like that. <laughs> you know, there's plenty of designs that uh, ends up failing over time. So I think a bit of respect has to go to good old Mr. Henry Ford and uh, his Model T. Um, you know, given given the world a much quicker way to get from A to B and also kind of allowing people to get hurt as well as a result because you know we we you know um, the street used to be a much more uh open area back in the day it was a shared space for you know your carts and people and everything else and now really it's become a it's it becomes cars domain now you're you know you caught jaywalking if you're on the street so it, it brought some natives but definitely you know it's given the average person especially in you know well our western countries you know this real access to kind of the world around them like you know patrick's got his nice four by four uh highlights you know being able to go camping that sort of thing um you know the fact that you can get there in the morning and then stay the day if you really wanted to or stay a few days and come back all thanks to cars it's great what about you patrick is there any any american car in particular that, that you'd be like wow okay that's a car that that you know i'd love to have yeah, for sure. Like, so it's pretty much same as uh, Scotty's answer. You know, I'll probably go for a Mustang. You know, if we go, if we're talking like the OG or the Mustang, yeah, then off the bat, it would be a 67 fastback. You know, no questions, no doubts. That will be my dream pick. However, as well, up there, if I could have two, or if I couldn't have, if Scotty took the, the fastback and I need to get a replacement, um, funny enough, um, I mean, you probably could see this in me, but even though they're not as found uh looked upon and favored upon i actually kind of like them a lot i love the um fox body mustangs i agree yeah. so i would love the 93 svt i think they're a crack of a car something you're a special car unique car and yeah no that that will probably be another if i couldn't get a 67 definitely a 93 fox body svt something about a fox body lot like a like 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 you know svt cobra or cobra r or, or you know it's something about a fox body that i i, I just like and I, I can't help but but like i think really. i think matt it's our for our love with uh, japanese cars so i feel like that styling of the uh, fox body is very heavily influenced by that and i guess that's why you know by you know a lot of you know american purists and they're you know a lot of the muscle heroes they despise it because it's like they can see it as too plastic plasticky and all that and like too you know boxy whereas us you know who you know who love japanese cars that's pretty much what they are it's why i think we're we're so dr drawn to the um that fox body style so yeah now i i've ever since you know uh, i've been seeing around on the internet or whatever around it's just yeah i'd love to own one especially if i obviously svt cobra R, you know that's like cream of the crop i'll 100 take that so yeah that would be my um my pick i think the beauty about the fox body it's kind of like america's s chassis really isn't it like 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 being honest it, it really is that they they had many different engine options they had the um the 
SVO, which was like the turbocharged 2.3 liter four cylinder, was a, which was like the quickest Mustang at the time when when it when it came out, and mm-hmm. and then you got your you got your you got your um, you know your uh your 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 five O and stuff. But the good thing about a Mustang for me, and 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 this is the reason why I'm making that make that reference next next to a like next to an S chassis car. They they're a car that they've sold millions of, and people just customized them how they wanted to, and did think like made them. You can make them if you want a drag car, bam, you got a you got a great drag car. If you want to, if you want to, um, if you want a drift car, yeah, you can. You know that 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 rear axle, that solid rear axle can can just can take you sideways. If you want to, if you want to like a, a road racing car, you can definitely do that as well. Like there, there's aftermarket galore for for them. So it's it's one of those cars where you can essentially just just make it how you want to make it, and I think it's. Yeah, I, there's not many cars that you could say that that are, that are like that, and I think Mustangs to to this day are still much much like that. Like people, like the, the aftermarket scene for for a Mustang is bloody next next to next to the best in the world, really. So I, I think that that Fox Body Mustang in particular is is that is that you know or Fox platform I should say Mustang uh, is is one of those is one of those cars that that just kind of personifies you know that that Lego building kind of make it how you want to make it car and. Um, massive respect for it. Oh, I've got three that kind of popped up now. Like you said, the 67 Mustang would be a really nice car, but be realistic. I'm probably never going to afford something like that. Yeah. And it would be underappreciated with me. Yeah. But um, two that have kind of, you know, I remember from my childhood would be an Iroxy Camaro or the Pontiac. They're actually quite a nice car. I don't know I go all about them other than they sound good, they look good. And you know, I've always had a sauce. I ran back to the old Matchbox cars as a kid. Absolutely. And those are the two that I actually looked after. <laughs> There's just something about American muscle cars, isn't there? Though? Like, like they're, they're just like, like, okay, yeah, back in the day, they didn't really handle that. But now like a GT500 or a GT350R is one of the one of the best you know, road front-engine real drive cars you can buy on the market. But there's just something about a muscle car. Like, they always looked good. They um, they make a great noise. They were mm. They were over the top. They were just crazy, and they kind of get a certain sort of respect of like, yeah, you got a Camaro, yeah, you got a you got a Firebird, yeah, you got this. It's it's cool, you know. There's an instant cool factor about them. Like, not many cars can you can say can have an instant cool factor. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah, I think I think the Americans have got a real good way a good way of doing. It. I mean, put it this way, as we know from last week, uh, and um, and Harley said in particular. Vanilla Ice in his 5.0 Mustang. He, he made one a song about it, but also too in, in the lyrics to his biggest song, he's talking about his 5.0 Mustang. You know, like that's and it's a it's a you know it's kind of a status symbol over there, really. I think their golden years is um or golden decades is 60s and 70s. For me, that's when they released like every single kind of muscle car, anything that came out, I looked at and thought, that looks fantastic. And there's a lot of obscure names that I didn't even know existed back then with the help from uh, Roadkill, yeah. learning a lot more about them and seeing all the, the old cars, you know, Plymouth with the um, the Duster. That thing looks awesome. I love that car. Dodge with Challenges and Charges. Then you've got, um, again, the Barracuda. There's just heaps of awesome muscle cars that were coming out all the time in the 60s and 70s. And... They all just looked tough. Yeah. The way they sat, the way they kind of just owned the road back then, whether it's got a massive V8 or or not, but it was just interesting to see how easy it is to swap all kinds of different engines. You know, you had so many options back then from just a slanted six 
all the way to, you know, massive seven liter um, V8s and that back then, like huge. And they all fit in there. You know, they was, um, you know, I was watching, they had a Dodge Charger and they grabbed an, a big old like seven liter V8 out of an old Dodge camper van and put that into the Charger. <laughs> and it was fine, fitted there straight away, took it out, banged straight in, off it went. And it was awesome. Just to think that they've got all that sitting around makes me pretty jealous. Because <laughs> you walk into our car, our scrap yards and stuff, you're not going to find anything anywhere near as cool as that. You just say a whole bunch of Holden Cruises and <laughs> yeah, so some, some pretty ordinary stuff. But no, I, I, I agree with you. Like, I think every country has had their kind of golden era. And in particular, the 60s and 70s was, was, was America's golden era. Like, they, like, everything they did was just balls to the wall. You know, didn't matter. We 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 gone. It was it was a horsepower war, really. At the end of the day, um, yeah. and and that's I mean, it's kind of what it's kind of rejuvenated in the last like let's say ten or so years with Ford and Chevy and Dodge not getting their crap together and just saying, well, I'm going to have a bigger, uh, you know, compensating package than you. Um, so it's basically it's it's just going going and going and going and going, and we get to the point now where it's just like they're they're just stupidly powerful. Right? There's just it's just ridiculous. However, but the great thing is just how reliable they are now. Yeah, absolutely. Like you know, making 700 horsepower reliably. Yeah. Warranty is crazy. Like if you if you were to say to, to say to anybody like 10 years ago, not even not even not even that, you know, you're gonna have a 700 horsepower reliable car, people would laugh at you. Be like, like, are you are you on drugs? You know, I remember when the I was I was reading an article and and it was about the Dodge. Dodge Viper when that first came out it had 400 horsepower, right? And it was like, "Poor, we're never going to see 400 horsepower again. This is this, this is nuts. This is this is, this is insane." You know, you only got to think it's yeah, that came out in the 90s, right? So it's yeah, it's 30 years since then, and we're we're pushing well, well, well past that with more torque, more reliability. Um, it's it's insane. It's actually insanity. Easy to drive too. I mean, the original Dodge Viper, from what I heard, was absolute pig to drive. It was a tractor. That's that's the yeah. Um, Patrick, we know about we know about charges. Uh, sorry, um, vipers. Don't we from that day? We happened. sure do, mate. We sure do. Crack of a car, but yeah, man. Just reliability-wise, just out through the window, man. Just yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the, that's what you get, you know, in a, in a time where you know your technology is not up there, and you pretty much just slap everything, all the bells and whistles, just because you could and you can, and they did it. These days, obviously, there's a lot more regulations and they're more, you know, say conservative, but back then people would just, yeah, you want a, you know, five, six liter, you want a six liter V10 in a small lightweight chassis? Why not throw it in? Make a real wheel drive, no Abe, no trash control, none of that. Chuck it in. <laughs> you know? And they did, and they didn't. And things, it worked like for a, a period, but like the <laughs> recipe, like, the recipe and their idea of it worked. You know, people obviously saw that for the appeal and they bought into it. And I guess that's why, obviously, why they it brought them to where they are now. Whereas these days, it's very hard to make something that extravagant. People are a lot more, you know, reserved to conservative. Go, yeah, and go out and um explore, you know, or do something, you know, that outlandish, so to say. So, yeah, no, it's yeah that that I agree that that era is for. Um, America was yeah probably the the greatest era ever in automotive history for them. 
I mean, they had they had these small cars with massive engines. Like they they, they put a four twenty nine in a Mustang, right? And and just it was a big a big block Mustang. You know, it's it's called it's called the Boss the Boss four twenty nine. Uh, and 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 look the stuff up, guys, Australian guys. If you don't know what the, what this car is, but basically, the engine was that big that that they would they would take these Mustangs to a, to another place, cut the um, suspension you know, uh, tunnels, and 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 the, the, the strut tower was smaller, so they could fit the physically fit this engine in there. And it was just to say, well, I've got more power than you. <laughs> it's 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 insanity when you when you think about it. But this is the stuff that they, they were doing, and the, all the Hemi's and 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 big block Chevy's 454s, you know, it, it was just, you know, it's like I've got a, I've got a, you know, more power than you, and and I and I kind of like that, you know what I mean? It's it's kind of it's it's a weird it's a weird feeling, eh? It's like one of the things to add is in the current day and age, it's basically they're doing that, but they're using the tech properly. Correct. They're using whatever stuff the you know the rest of the world has developed, they've developed, rather than have you know seven liters to make 400 horsepower. You know, they're going to get the the six liters or five point eight liters or whatever. To make that 700 horsepower and reliably that's the best part like as you said 10 years ago the um it would be in 2011 that the aventador came out and that has 690 horsepower that's considered to be you know a you know a supercar that's like whoa you know 700 horsepower in this big old italian behemoth and now it's like oh yeah down the street he's got he's got the uh, what is it the exorcist and that's got you know 700 horsepower and it's you know, a fraction of the price of your Aventador there. <laughs> yes, it's not, you know, apples to apples, but still, the fact is that those power figures are real. And, you know, they're leaving fat black lines, you know, on streets everywhere. Um, and it's just crazy when you think about it. Like, people used to be like, oh, yeah, it's a 10-second car, it's a 700-horsepower Supra, it's had this much on under the hood. And it's like, yeah, no, I just bought that from the dealership, just, you know, over there. <laughs> it's crazy to think about. Well, put it this way, uh, when I... <laughs> My Fiesta is 1.5 liters and it makes 200 horsepower, which is like 147, 148 ish kilowatts, right? And that's all 1.5 liters in a three cylinder. Like it, it, that would have been unheard of like years ago. Now, I, I was, now you've, you guys have brought up a good point because we had um, Adam Morris on the show um, a few weeks ago from, from Redriven. And he said he had a modified Mitsubishi Lancer with, you know, with a, with a 4G63, you know, big turbo, this, that, and the other. And basically, Back in the, this was in the early in the in the early two thousands late nineties and he he could never get it to they didn't have proper engine management back then either so like you know he'd he'd have to he'd have to keep his foot on the on the accelerator when he came to when he came to a set of lights otherwise otherwise it would stall because it it'd have no idle control you know um, but now we've got we've got all that technology you know it, making a thousand horsepower isn't that hard like you know, as long as you got money you can you can you can definitely do it, and you can do it reliably. Like I look at my my brother's F six right, it's got six hundred and sixty six kilowatts, which is like well over eight hundred and something horsepower, and it you could drive it every day. The clutch is light. It's you know, except for being obnoxiously loud, you could you could um, absolutely drive it every day, you know. And and you couldn't you couldn't do that back then. And and but it's it's still amazing to know that that all these American cars did exist, you know, you know from that golden era of of just it was just, it was brutality. They didn't stop. They didn't turn. But my God, did they go hard! Like that was, that was the uh, you know the the whole motto behind it. So yeah, I, as long as long as it went quick, made a loud noise, you know that's that, that, that was that was pretty much it out there. That was pretty much just what they were built for. Just I mean, even you saw in the movies and the posters. You know, when did you ever see them ever like doing any type of real form racing and whatnot? No, just obviously windows down. 
American blonde woman next to them, you know, <laughs> fat old man or whatever, going down some old country highway, just gunning. I mean, that's pretty much what American muscle is. Absolutely. But but having said that though, like in the, in the, in the seventies, they, they got into a lot of road racing. So, you know, like, um, Road, you know, Road America and 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 on all these on all these things and and that's why they bought the, the Trans Am series. So that's why you got the Trans Ams, you know, like like from from, uh, from that. And it's I I, I generally love the Trans Am. And, and what one car that comes into comes to my mind is is uh, Smokey and the Bandits uh, black Trans Am. You know, it's just such a cool car and it looked badass and a you know, big freaking bird on the uh, on the bonnet and it looked stupid but it looked hilarious and it looked awesome and, and as a kid seeing that movie at the first time i was like yeah this is this thing's sick you can get away from anything and you know never late in a v8 kind of kind of a kind of mentality yeah it's just it's just just one, one, one i guess one of the one of those things that that that, that you get from the from that era and and yeah late a late 70s early 80s they they, they were really went away but i think the fox body really kind of brought back performance really to to america because like they were they were just having some big engines severely underpowered because they're all choked up by smog emissions and 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 the likes but they really did go downhill didn't they with the v8s they were you know fairly big i think like the 80s camaros and stuff you know five liter v8s and they were terribly underpowered Mm -hmm. terribly underpowered compared to um, anything from you know the seventies and that it was just the EPA came in and said shut it down. Yeah, I've yeah. Seen I was just thinking that it was around the times of pollution controls and fuel crisis, yep. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that and that, and that really yeah. killed that, that really that really killed the the hot American car. I remember the first V eight Fox body that they that they you know, Fox body Mustang they brought bridges. I think it had one hundred and fifteen horsepower. You know, it's um, but but that's how choked up they were. Like they they just had they weren't allowed to, to to do anything and i guess as technology advanced that they you know they, they were able to to kind of get it but also technology advanced from for and it got to a point for my next car which, which i'm going to say which is which is ugly one of my favorite cars of all time uh the buick grand national especially especially in in uh, x form which is specifically experimental which was the the gnx it, it's darth vader's car as everybody says black on black on black on black and it had the mighty 3.8 ecotech now nah, it wasn't an ecotech but it was it was basically um, 3.8 Buick B6, massive turbocharger uh, hanging off it, and it was the I believe at the time the quickest American one of the quickest American cars. Like it was quicker, it was quicker than a Corvette, and it was in it was in like a in your old man's Buick. It was it was it was, but and that was in the 80s, and and that's when turbo technology was was really everything was becoming turbo, and and um, that's when that's when I guess the like the smaller engined cars and. And I think the Japanese really ran with with the whole turbo technology, especially like the late eighties. Like they were, everything was a turbo in Japan. So, um, but I think that car was was really a, a big pioneer. Like I don't know if you guys know know, know the car I'm talking about, but it's it's a badass car. Like it's a quick car. Always it made a solid two hundred seventy six horsepower. Well, actually, no, it was underrated that apparently, but it it, it um, actual output was about 300, uh, 300 horsepower. So that, um, especially in that day and age, in uh, the late eighties, yeah, mm. you were pushing hard. It was also pretty expensive. It was, um, it was what priced at thirty thousand dollars at the time, mm. but adjusting for inflation, that's seventy one thousand dollars American. So not a cheap car. But that being said, it provided you know the the, the performance. You got to remember too, like those cars didn't weigh a lot. Like like that, like people say, oh, bigger, heavy American cars. Yeah, I mean they were heavy for their time, but. Looking back now, they don't weigh a lot, and they had all this power, and they just went. And 
you know, good listener of the show. He's been on the show from from America. Dave Rendon or Mr. Dave LC2. He's 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 had one, and he's got and he's got one of those engines in his in his. Uh, what's it called a uh, El Camino, and and he he showed me some videos, and he, and he he he'll he'll launch it from a from a from a dig. And as soon as the boost comes in, you you just hear it go, and just the the, the tires just chirping as, as as soon as all that wave of torque comes in and chirps gears, and it, it's just it's so it looks like so much fun, and and again that's that that traffic light you know Grand Prix kind of esque you know stuff that you you only get with with with, with American cars. That kind of reminds me of the um I think it was a little bit later on maybe early nineties when they had the GMC Cyclone. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, that will pick up truck as they call it over there. That was um, a V six as well, but I think it was bigger, like a four Ooh. point something, four point two, four point three. Yeah, something along those lines. From memory, um, V six and that turbocharged. I always kind of had a bit of a soft spot for those. They look pretty pretty tough. They would have been um, a lot of fun to drive. Jay Leno's got one, and he 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 loves it. He bought one of them when they were like because they didn't really sell too many of them actually. But that car in particular was, I, I believe, the fastest accelerating American car at the time. Like, like there was there was no other quicker car. Like, it was quicker than Ferraris. Like, it was quicker than a three hundred eight and, and, and all those stuff from, from around the time. And it was in an American pickup truck with with barely anything in it. You know, so I massive respect for that. I think that I think that's so cool. I'm uh, I'm gonna throw one in that's uh, a little more on the quiet side, not being loud and obnoxious. Um. Put in the uh, the Tesla Model Three. Yeah, that um, again, like I'm not particularly super fond of electric cars, but I also understand that you can't stand in the way of the future and you know uh, change. So you kind of, I can, you can either uh, what can't beat them, join them, I guess. Uh, hence the Volvo XC40 recharge. <laughs> but uh, the the Model S that Tesla had before in the Roadster and stuff, they were much more expensive, luxury oriented cars. Whereas the Model 3 kind of came in and I think it was a $46,000 US price point, um, which still is expensive for a US car, you know. But it kind of came into that if you stretch a little bit and you consider the savings, I guess, on fuel, you can kind of pull for it. And that really, I think, helped. Like the industry obviously was going in the direction of electric cars and it's, it's shown clearly now. But still, there was still that like reluctance and hesitance. There was like your Chevy Bolts and stuff like a relatively kind of crappy car overall. Um, this was something that you could have as a family person, you know, fit your whole family in there, everything to go, a good amount of range that, you know, as long as you weren't taking road trips every day, you know, you could just come home and recharge it, that kind of thing. And it kind of opened the doors to say, you know what, electric cars can be for everybody and they can be, you know, within that attainable price point. And that's what kind of, I feel, pushed more of the other makers to kind of, you know, start this or streamline their production and kind of bring more into the market. Because without it, uh, while everyone's kind of just holding and waiting until somebody you know jumps in first, and I feel like Tesla's kind of done that and allowed that kind of uh, we'll call it electric car revolution to take place properly. Now, um, I think most recently they've actually been dethroned as the largest producer of electric cars by BYD, yeah, which uh, Rizzy Ross is going to going to test and tell us is it worth it? You know, should you go to BYD instead? Um, because even the Teslas are being made in China. You know, I'm pretty sure the Polestars are, the Volvos are. So you can't be saying, I don't want a Chinese-made car. You most likely get a Chinese-made electric car. <laughs> um, but as long as, you know, again, 
the the quality assurance is there. There's no reason why most of our electronics come from China, so um, I don't think there'd be many qualms with that. It's just uh, kind of seeing what you want, what's you know a good price, and what company kind of like I said has at least a reputation. Yes, Tesla's Elon Musk himself is a different man. I think we'll leave him aside, <laughs> but you know it's the company of Tesla itself. You know what they've been doing so far, their innovations and their willingness to kind of again bring products to the market. Now they've got the Model Y. Which is outpacing the the Model Three. It's you know it's providing that like SUV size with that similar price bracket. It's it's good to see. Like you you want progress. We want a clean future. You know in the end, and electric cars are going to probably help with that. Yeah. As much as I as much as you know, I'll say I can. I'll use the word appreciate electric cars. Uh, I I strongly believe as long as you know I'm alive and living, I'll never buy one. I'll never commit to it. Strong never. words, Patrick. Strong words. You're a young man. You um, are. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. It is true. Yeah, people say I'm young, gullible, this and that. But got a, a minimum of another sixty years in you, and I'd say to be for things be quite different. Well, probably even in the next twenty, they'll be quite different. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: I, I I strongly believe you know like the world's not ready yet for electric cars for a full transition. You know, I I feel like it has to be you know. If we want to transition, we have to go from obviously from petrol, then to hybrid, then to electric. Because you can't just because there's still let's, let's be real here. Alan. The price of electric cars are still expensive, regardless yeah. of what model or how much they're lower. They're, they're still expensive. I'll tell you this right off, like straight out. I know at 100, my family and many others like mine cannot afford an electric car flat out because it's not just an electric car you buy. You got to have somewhere to charge it. You know, some some have it. People don't even own their own homes, right? They don't even have gar- garages to, you know, have a charge station or whatever, so they keep the cars parked at night. So you run into the issue with that. And then if you do have a garage, you have to obviously get it installed with the charger. So, yeah, you save money and fuel, but the cost of just, you know, even just ownership is a lot more. I'm yeah, sure right, you right know, now but- it's, still, it's still a luxury, at least especially in our markets. Yeah, I agree. It is definitely a luxury. Like, yeah. you can't say you're doing it to save the money on the fuel. Uh, no. Unless you're stated at about $2.50 a litre, then there's a little bit of an argument. You know, I, I, I get that. But, you know, as you said, yeah, it's it's too expensive and it's going to be expensive for a, still a, quite some time. So, you know, people say, oh, I heard some, you know, people in like some countries saying by 2030 or whatever, they're going to go fully. It's It won't happen. It, 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 it won't. And it, 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 not just, it won't, it can't happen because... As I said, the world is not, in, in simpler terms, the world's not ready for it. If you want that transition to happen, if you want that change over to happen, you've got to have a transition, right? You got to go from petrol to hybrid, stay in the hybrid stage. While you're in the hybrid stage where people can still access petrol for, or, or you know, at least build the income up or whatever, then you can start bringing in the more charging stations, you know, more flexible options for people. You know, maybe government can give out grants or or whatever. Just saying, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen. Just saying, because obviously, right, and even like coming down for for I'm, I'm obviously I I don't know much about you know for example Teslas. I wouldn't know much about them, so correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm 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 sure that you know if something wants to happen, something goes wrong, like a servicing, it will be a lot more than I'm saying compared to a, a standard car. You know, like parts of it would be far more you know expensive and then you we run into the obviously the issue this is now getting a bit uh, political which i hate which i, I won't get it. i'll stop it there but 
you know, then you could get run into, you know, people with mechanics losing out of jobs, you know, then it comes on to that and then there'll be a big backlash and then strikes. And then, so saying that, you know, is, is electric the future? Poss- possibly, to quite, but then again, we're talking you know, overseas that there are some around, I think some hydrogen cars or cars running on, you know, on even I've seen like, you know, on water or whatever. It's just, it's everything's all up in the air. So just so, you know, go f- like it's an inevitable fully electric i'm have i have to disagree purely because of what what i've said yeah. you know i'm, no, I'm no, not no. saying it, i'm not saying it's a bad thing to go fully electric no of course you know the planet matters we matter that human lives matter 100 and I, I agree with that you know who knows how much you know oil barrels we have left you know i i, I personally don't believe what they say i because i truly I believe we don't know how much we've got left of our own and uh, own resources but um yeah uh, for that to happen it's i don't know i think it's, i think it's still way too early personally to push such a agenda and like a you know push for people to move to a different type of um mm. transport but that's just well that's just me ranting ranting on you know that's just me against you know billions of other people on the earth so well i mean i've got some thoughts on I'm, I'm electrical by trade and, and engineering and I don't think we're ready to go fully electric. I mean, for a starter, I, I don't want subscription electric car, which is pretty much yeah. what Tesla is. But the batteries, frankly, still suck because they have limited life and there's no second-hand market for them. Eight years and you have to replace the car because the battery dead. You know, that's like acceptable for a smartphone, maybe, but not your car. Then you look at the, the energy density of the batteries, you know, until you have a breakthrough in battery technology, they're, they're not really going to get you there. So... Like you said, electric's a great way of getting power to the ground, but maybe you want a, a hydrogen fuel cell to give you that electricity. And 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 I think hydrogen is a, is a, is a great option. But I also think, for example, we just don't have the infrastructure for for electric cars. Yeah, that, that's that's actually something I forgot to allude to as well. You, you can't handle the um, our, our national grid in Australia can't handle the peak loads of people coming home and charging their cars. I've, I've seen some of the reports and stuff when I've been looking at energy usage for our websites and stuff, and you know, a lot of the substations and and the high voltage lines are saying in the next five to 10 years, they've all got to be double. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've taken those, you know, those, those charges people install in their homes. I mean, obviously I'm an apprentice electrician by, you know, by trade. And obviously we go, we go out and we install them in people's homes. And typically they run most people's homes only on single phase, you know, power, you know, and for producing that much alpha, you need to go to, uh, two or even three phase to run that much, you know, power. And that, that again, it just comes down to money and whether people can afford that or not, you know. It's, oh, yeah. You, you got a 60 kilowatt battery, you want to charge in two hours. What PowerPoint can let you drag 30 kilowatt out of it? Your standard, your standard PowerPoint only puts out 10 amps anyway. I mean, what, that's 2.4. You think that you think that's enough for fucking for your electric car, your Tesla, your Roadster? I don't know, man. Like they're, they're cool. Don't get me wrong. They're cool. I'm sure they hammer well. You know, they. Oh, be great fun. Great fun, but yeah, it's they're not way too. It's, it's way too early for people, especially you know. And I'll, I'll attack these, especially the media. I'll attack the media. It's way too early for them to start calling out, you know, and pushing, you know, electric cars and a, a, a sustainable future. It's way too early. This, especially with how the world currently is right now. It's yeah. I'd... But to be fair, you need some of those early adopters to actually push the technology. Right. I mean, if there's not people out there 
wanting it, nobody's going to develop it. Yep, absolutely. And that's, 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 that's why petrol yeah. cars are where they are now, because people wanted it. Like you're saying, in the early 80s, look at where they were power and performance-wise. You know, 300 horsepower out of the 7-litre V8, and now you get 700 horsepower out of the 2-litre. It was people pushing for it, driving that technology. So there's got to be early adopters somewhere or it's not going to happen. This is fine in that balance. I think one of the uh, cool ways to do it is industry, um, where it's not an individual facing the cost. It's something like, um, I think it was one of the bus companies. They've ordered a bunch of electric buses. And again, that's industry paying the cost. Mm. Yet we're getting overall a net benefit of a greener you know, tra- uh, transit system, uh, something like that. And then that also, again, it fuels and pays for more research and development in the, the the space. I think somewhere in, um, I don't know if it was Germany or somewhere else in one of the European countries, they were trialing using, you know how like trains have those little things that attach on the the, the cables? I, mean, I don't know what exactly they're called, but they're like, they're going to come up as same as the tram. Yeah, tram lines. Using tram lines on like highways in the left lane, or sorry, their right lane, technically, their slow lane, so that um, vehicles could, <clears throat> like trucks or something, could just use an electric motor powered by the grid to kind of use on, on transit for freeways. And then they'd have like either a hybrid uh, or system or something or similar of that nature to get them that last mile, you know, to the delivery, something like that. Um, it's, and again, like I said, when industry is paying for it, um, a lot of times people, normal people can take advantage of it. You could be, you know, hooking up buses to those as well uh, to get people where they need to be going. So I guess, yeah, like, like Mark said, finding a balance of, you know, early adoption from, consumers and then also industry because the other thing is like i said saving the environment right buying electric cars like i said the environment at all you're probably you know may at best kind of balancing out things but um one of the things they always found out was if even if every single person in the world starts to live a very very green life it still won't outweigh the amount of pollution that industry does uh because we're such even our daily activities are so low you know, even if we drive dirty diesel cars or whatever, rolling coal like Patrick is now. <laughs> but joking, joking. But yeah, like even even if you cut those things aside, they, it still does not outweigh anything near what the, the industrial process, farming, you know, uh, transport, uh, just manufacturing stuff. The the amount of uh, emissions they do, and they're the ones that really I think overall have to be addressed. So if they can go greener, like you know, solar panels on factory roofs and that kind of stuff, that's that's probably a, a good path forward. So if that's the case, then why why attack the why attack the car world? You know, let us have our our petrol and our. We our still have no petrol cars. The way I like to think about it is, the more people drive in electric cars, the cheaper petrol might become. So you know, we, we can still you know get our cars around for the weekend. Absolutely. I like I'll it. bring it around full circle for you, Matty. Tell me. Uh, America. Ford F one hundreds. Oh yes. Nice. nice electric version of it coming out there we go yeah. boom full circle the ford motor company actually made a they took a classic ford uh, like i think it was like an early it was a, it might have been an f100 or an f150 and basically they put all the new uh, f150 lining running gear in it oh. did you see it scotty this thing's sick yeah yeah was, it's, like, it's, it's awesome because you can't go wrong with some of the old shapes of the cars back in those days. I know they can't really do it that anymore because of um, crash protection. And, you know, that's what got rid of the awesome pop-up headlights because of all that. Um, uh, F100 Illuminator? Oh, 
Man, that looks sick. Is, is, uh, is, is it the one that's orange? This one's like a creamy color. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the color. That's, that's the one. Yeah. With an EV crate motor that customers can now buy? Yep, correct. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. man. That's just keeping those old cars alive and still modern. I, I kind of, I'd like that twist. Similar to what like Hyundai did to, um, I mean, there they was obviously more of a, a concept car, but how they did their, their classic Hyundai. Yeah, um, yeah that what was that the Grand Jewel or something? I think Grand yeah, Jewel, yeah. that was so sick. Yeah, that looked awesome. If they brought down a production, I would be doing anything to try and buy one. I it just like sick. that 80s retro mm-hmm. look, just oh, it's to die for. I think Ford, I'm for 80s, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I think Ford, um, should the next Mustang should be based on the uh. Fox platform, <laughs> yeah, back, bring back the 80s, bring it back. Well, if oh, they yeah. bring a proper marquee Mustang, then I wouldn't mind it being a Fox body one, yeah, absolutely true. Yeah, yeah, I reckon that'd work better than what they do, whatever crap they you know, whatever the, the marquee was last time. Yeah, that SUV thingy, yeah, shouldn't have been called yeah. a Mustang. I still should think it shouldn't have been called a Mustang, just call it a marquee or whatever, and that leave it as that, yeah, yeah, I shouldn't have Mustang in the name. Completely agree. Uh, other, I'm gonna say the Ford GT, you know, like the the actual GT that they sold in 2000 ish or 2005 ish. Yeah, that was a sick car. You know, you that was know, an awesome comeback. Paying like homage to the GT40, being you know 400 horsepower V8, oh, and then the videos that people put up with them. Oh, such a great time. I they, feel they sound like when they get on those things and you just hear the supercharged one and the mm-hmm. V8. Oh. Is that not one of the best standing cars ever made? It is like, just uh, like one of the most popular videos on YouTube is uh, Rob from um, Rob Ferretti. Yeah. yeah, him him driving the Ford GT, getting seen by the cop, and then gunning it. Yeah, Ugh, just ugh. it oh, reminds me when I was at when I was at school, um, and it was about to come out, being released, and that. And the only website we could look up was like Ford.com. Yeah. And they had that car on there and you could click and listen to it. So I just kept clicking, listening to it, clicking <laughs> and listening to it over and over again. Oh, dude, I remember watching that video. Uh, and then one of the comments was like, uh, at, at the certain time, you know, time when he, when he puts his foot down in, in the field, in the, in the, in the, he does a downshift and then, yeah. Yeah. Exit. He was like, my gentleman sausage moved <laughs> at, that time, at that point. <laughs> No, I had to. I had to laugh. I thought that was. I thought that was such a, uh, such a funny comment. But yeah, that that GT in particular was just. It looked good. It it sounded good. Yeah, it's it's all things to all people. Like Jeremy Clarkson bought one. Like bought one, yeah. these these guys get access to all the cars in the world. You know, they have enough money to buy a lot of the more expensive cars. Um, and then he chose specifically to buy a Ford GT. I'm like, even knowing it's you know drawbacks of the door's not opening if somebody's parked too close to you. Horrendous you know, fuel consumption. Yeah, horrendous fuel consumption. The weird um, electronic alarm system that kept <laughs> saying the car was yeah. stolen driving it. But even even knowing those things, he still, you know, signed up for one. That, I guess, you know, is one of the truest indications that, that was a great car. Yeah, absolutely. Because I remember the whole episode when he got to drive one in America and he did completely fall in love with it and ordered one and bought it, but just not good for UK roads, really. It's too mm. low, too wide. Which um, I feel which which adventure they went. He took another Ford GT, and he ran out of money to pay for petrol. So James May had to bail him out. That was the, that was their French their French road trip. That was his that was his actual Ford GT. Too. Yeah, that was his one. Yeah. Um, what did what did 
Hammond had a. Did he have Pagani? Pagani, yeah. Zonda, and then uh, James May had uh, the Aston Martin that was unbearably uncomfortable in it by Pillow. Oh, the DBR nine or something. Yeah. <laughs> DBR nine R or something. It was pretty much like a racing one, and there's no air conditioning, nothing. Harness and everything. I think oh, it was that one. Yeah, he was sweating the whole time. He had to get a cushion. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. They made they made some great cars uh, um, like America and like uh, like the whole world still thinks oh they make they make these these you know shitty you know um cars but they've made some crackers like if it wasn't for a lot of the American cars we wouldn't have some some great some great cars that that that, that we know these days you know so you know I'm thankful that Camaro exists and one Camaro in particular was their comeback Camaro in 2005 it might have been or four or whenever the first Transformers movie came out. Yeah, um, yeah, it was basically a Commodore anyway, but um, it was Commodore in drag, but kind of looked good. And I still, I still see one. I'm like, that's a good looking car. Uh, I, I would happily, happily own one of, of, of those. Um, the Challenger when that first came out, oh, oh. and, and um, even still, fun. even still, like like a demon is just like a demon oh, wide body. They look fantastic, dude. I saw a, a demon. On, it was on the back of a truck. Uh, it had no plates on it. I think, I think it was a brand new car getting getting delivered somewhere. It was a red one, wide body with the flares. I I, I had I downshifted and went past. This was on my way to to Adelaide actually, and I'm looking. I'm like, my God! Like it's just it just it just got presence, and it was on the back of a tow truck, and it's got presence. You know, it, it's it just looked so damn good. I was like, that is such a cool car. And they come in awesome colors that actually fit the car. Absolutely, like like that. Plum. Maybe, yes, that purple, that plum purple, oh. is just fantastic. And I saw one. Um, wasn't the demon? It was the um, Hellcat. The Hellcat um, in green, a real nice like lime green. It green. looked fantastic. It sounded good too. He booted it past us, and I was like, oh. <laughs> dude just the noise that they make and 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 the, the way the way they go and ah oh, it's, it's, it's just something about american cars uh it, it just it just it has to put a smile on your face like like you know there, there's just there's just no, no ifs or buts about it i mean one car in particular for me and jeremy clarkson actually wanted to buy one when he drove it um was when they went to america he got a um corvette zr1 like it was a c c6 corvette zr1 yes. yeah oh that's a cool car you know, LS9, supercharged V8, six-speed manual, crazy color that it came in there, the one he was driving. And I was like, this is such a cool car, you know? And it, and he was even like, he's like, Ferrari, are you listening? It's still got a manual gearbox. It's still involving to drive, you know? For me, that, that that's what's one of the cars. I, if, I, if I had the money, I would definitely have in my... And then they went to Vegas and started revving them next to cars. <laughs> and the cops put them over. Oh, I remember that. They yeah. off of the clutch. They're trying to set alarms off. Yeah, and the, and the, cop's yeah. Like, the cop's like, I'm not believing that for a second, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, they, like I said, even even in today's day and age, these cars speak of uh, almost a, like a life of excess. Absolutely. Not that it's necessarily a good thing in every situation to be living a life of excess, but just the road is yours, you know. Don't worry about the petrol cost. Just rev it and go. And that's that's the kind of the message that they always send. And you know that's you know like a, a wise man once said, "I live my life a quarter mile at a time." And <laughs> you know when you do live your life like that, it's a it's a it's a great way to do it. Uh, a couple more for me before I um, before I ask you guys your your last ones. 
And while you're thinking of that, I was just going to say, um, just the names of the cars that the American oh. manufacturers used, even just now, like a Hellcat. Yeah. It's just freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they just know how to name their cars and just make them sound so tough. Dude, like, Challenger. Like, you don't want to drive something called a Hellcat. <laughs> Dude, Challenger. Yeah. Charger. Yeah. PT Cruiser. Mercury Cougar Eliminator. Like, like just like, come on, man. That's so cool. Like, like that they, they come up with some great names. The Roadrunner, the just fantastic names. And then and then the Germans are like, no, we must do it different. We must put number. And then and let's yeah. They've just gone all the numbers, BMWs and Audis. Yeah. I like a name for a car. I think a name for a car is just yeah. Just the so Ford Probe, you know, really. Mm. <laughs> yeah, a Ford Probe. Get around it. You know, it's it's all right. But the car I was thinking of before, actually, just before I completely, completely lost my train of thought, was the Cadillac CTSV. But not just any CTSV in a wagon. Yeah, in, a wagon. Thing, in a wagon yeah. uh, with with a manual gearbox, LSA V8. Ah. Oh. Like, come on! What is that? What is there not to like about that? Like a manual supercharged V8 Cadillac wagon. Like that's just hilarious. I would happily have one of those in, in my in my uh, driveway. And it's it's funny to see because like the the values on those of like they never kind of left what they were because they were just like this this car is so stupid that we need to we need to own these. So I'm a big fan of big big. Like, I feel like it was a Cadillac comeback. Don't quote me on it, but I feel like it was you know they were kind of nothing and that kind of put them back back on the map again absolutely and 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 they're now known as a really good handling car company like like instead of the old wallowy you know cruising suspension which 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 was kind of like was was known to be a very good car um yeah. you know, they can only sell so many escalates to drug dealers and uh yeah <laughs> and indians with poor taste <laughs> my cousins <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have to bring out something for you know sensible people and i think the the uh ctsv really Mark, you've got to go. You, you, we heard your little one in the background. He's, he's, he's wanting to go to sleep. Thanks uh, he's not wanting to go to sleep, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> so I'll have to catch you guys next time. Yeah. He's being sent to sleep on trumped-up no. charges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll talk right. to you soon, Mark. Thanks for coming on, mate. Catch you later, Mark. Thanks. Yeah. A couple of other ones before before I end, but the CTSV wagon is just is, is one of my one of my one of my all time all time favorites. The the first Taurus SHO, which had a Yamaha um Yamaha powered you know V six, was Ford bottom end, but Yamaha heads, um more power than a Mustang, quicker than a Mustang, and um was actually a good handling. That, that was Ford's comeback car back in the eighties. Uh, that one was 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 a bit I'm a big 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 fan of. The last Pontiac Firebirds that they made, I still think they are a cool looking car. Uh, they look fat. They've got like these um these bug eye kind of rear end taillights. I, I'm a big fan of watching. I don't know if you guys seen it, legit street cars on YouTube. <laughs> and he he's got like a thousand horsepower one of those, and I'm just like, oh, it just looks so cool. The white one. The white one, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very very cool car. I, I like that stuff from the nineties and, and the early two thousands, uh, especially from from America. I I, I mean, I, I know the quality wasn't Inverticom was great, but they drove well and they sounded great. And yeah, the best car to ever leave the American shoreline. I think we can all you can all agree with me. The Dodge Neon. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone. That's it. <laughs> That's Leave it, it at that. Patrick signing off is done. <laughs> Having said that, a Pontiac. Uh, sorry, uh, um, uh, a Dodge Neon SRT four.
Mm. With the with the super charge two point two. Yeah, yeah. Very fast car. They were turbo. I, think, I believe they were turbo. Then when they went hard, and then the Dodge, uh, sorry, the the Chevy Cobalt SS, they 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 went pretty hard. I thought they were kind of a cool looking car. Um, but yeah, like they've done some great things, America. Um, you know, it, the Crown Vic got to have some respect oh, for that. Hell yeah! Oh, true. Yeah. Big yeah. old heavy car. You know, slow as shit. <laughs> but you know, it moved the people. It moved the cops. You know, it was it was the car that you know any kind of uh, government service needed. I think that's a yeah. I'm a big fan of a big fan of Crown Vic. Scotty, any last ones before we move on? No, I pretty much covered them all. That's um, that is everything. Patrick, besides PT Cruiser, uh, anything <laughs> else? God, burn that car. Nah, man, that's <laughs> pretty much it. Chrysler Crossfire. Hmm. I like the Crossfire. That's it. Major is officially banned from this Dude, podcast. I actually like the Crossfire. It, really? It, if you get an SRT6 supercharged, it's it's basically a Mercedes. <laughs> I was going to say it's Mercedes underneath, isn't it? It is. Yeah, Mercedes is okay underneath. Okay, it's um, it's quite interesting looking, but I think it's quite. I think it's aged actually not too bad. I don't know. It's just me. I've got a bit of a soft spot for the Crossfire. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is just me, isn't it? It's, <laughs> It's one of those uh, tell me you have a small penis without telling me you have a small penis. <laughs> like on a, on a budget, you know, you can't afford one of the big small penis cars either. Oh, that's the other one I forgot. So, you know, you had the Crown Vic we're talking about. What about the version from Mercury, the Mercury Marauder? Marauder, yeah. Ooh. What a name. Dude, there was black on black that had the yeah. the, the more powerful engine. Oh, God. Dude, they, made, they had the best names. American cars have got the best names. Yeah. And like, Mercury Marauder. That's just fantastic. There's also, you know, let me say sometimes they do need to have a bit of a, a check. The fact that there was a car company called Hummer. And uh because, <laughs> because this this is car talk after dark, you know, uh, we're off the air. Uh you may have to look up Hummer on Urban Dictionary. Um, it's definitely not a word you want to name your car company after. <laughs> so but I'm they did take this. Hold on. Uh Patrick's a bit young for the <laughs> he's innocent he's not like you Alan. he's innocent <laughs> <laughs> uh, i would I, I would explain the definition but um i think now this we'll, uh... we'll leave it to the the more curious listeners <laughs> <laughs> if they don't know they can have a look on the urban dictionary have a look yourself one more for me from the 90s is a chevy impala uh when that the impala ss really cool kind of gangster it's like a hood rich car or a Cutlass 442. I like a Cutlass 442. I think they're, I think they're definitely a, a cool car as well. But moving on, tonight Scotty is running two things. Now, I thought I'll just do the quiz tonight and I'll save the cryptic Ooh, okay. for next okay. week. Okay. Um, with the cryptic for next week, just so you know, it's not just cars. It might have some car movies. I've got a couple of those thrown in there too. Ooh. And I thought, Okay. When we got a few more people, when David and that's back, I think um, that might be interesting yeah. to see who remembers these movies if you've seen them because some of them are quite old. Well, that's not fair. Then David and uh, Ed get a more of an advantage here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who knows? Maybe you've watched the, some of the older car movies and that that were pretty. That's famous. true. That's true. I also rely on their memory failing them. So. <laughs> so I'll, save, I'll save that cryptic one for um for next week. Sounds sounds good. Good. So we're not overly done with quizzes all thrown in at once. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Well, the quiz is ready to go. I've got the notepad ready. 
Scotty, it's your cartoon. All right, here we question, go. Plus some bonus question, I'm assuming? Uh, yes. Hell yeah, let's get into it. Let's see how we go with this. Um, some quick fire ones and some that's might get you thinking. I had to throw in towards the end some Bathurst stuff because, you know, that's coming this weekend. So, you know, just a couple there. See how you go with it. All right. First question. Question number one. What country consumes the most petrol every year? Might be a trick question because, Matthew, I, th- I think I was going to say, I was going to say America, but I don't think it is because I think it might be a more highly populated place, and especially with the way China is at the moment. I'm going to say China. You're going to say China? Yep. No. Oh. Patrick got in. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in India. Nope. Ooh. Ooh. That was actually what I was going to say. Now he's got me stuck. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll just say United States. Yeah, you're correct. Yes. Oh, no. What a champion. <laughs> yeah. I, I yep, did, yep. didn't think it would be the, it'd be the US. I, I honestly thought it'd be like um, like China because they've got, they've, got, they've got so many like pop, pop, per population or, or like Russia or something. But yeah, okay. Well, yep. Well done. Tell me on the board. Yes. Okay. Bonus question. Who comes in at number two? Alan. Alan? I reckon it's probably China. It is China. Ah, oh, yep. you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it goes China, India, then Japan. All oh, right, Japan. Okay. Yeah, so they do it by um, yearly gallons per capita. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And America absolutely trumps it. So, yeah, they're um, number one, consuming it all on us. But they got the most reserves, so off to them. <laughs> okay, this is going to be uh, closest to probably with this one. Um, the most expensive car ever sold was a 1963 Ferrari GTO that was sold in 2018. How oh. much money was this car sold for? Matthew. Matthew? Was it $25 million? Okay, so about $25 million. Patrick? If I'll you guess it correctly, like straight away on the, on the money, I'll let I'll, you know. I'll, I'll say 30. 30? 30 oh, I know something ridiculously high. Like 25 is kind of in the realm of kind of possible. I think it was somewhere like 55 million. So 55 is my number. All right. Closest to was Alum, as it was 70 million. Jesus oh my God. God. What the hell? Alum, do you Alan, want to score check? No, I'm good. I'm good. Jeez, you wouldn't want to drive it. I can tell you now. Mate, you, you would. You, ha- you couldn't get insurance for something like that. Like, like no one, no one would touch it. Just be a museum piece. Put it somewhere, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Question three: Which subsidiary of General Motors, established in 1985, was discontinued in 2010? Matthew. Oh, Matthew. Was that Saturn? Yes, it was. It was Saturn. Not bad, not bad. All right, question four. Which was the first car to get laser beam headlights? Matthew. Matthew? It's one of two cars. I want to say BMW 7 Series. Mm, On the right track, but no. Oh, man, I've got no idea. Yeah, I'm I'm stumped as well. Hmm. What what did Matty say? Seven series. BMW seven series, and I said he's on the right track. Okay, Alan. Alan. BMW i8. That's high tech. Yeah, got it. Oh, yes. Get off it, Alan. It Thank was you, Eddie. Eight. I had no idea. 
But so uh, I, I, I knew being, I was seeing a, a video of like a tutorial that BMW was showing. It was in their their latest um, seven series, and it's like, well, here's a beam headlight. So like they they shine it like this laser, and it's, it was pretty crazy. I was like, well, all right. Yeah, unfortunately, I came out on the i8 first. Uh, all right. Futuristic, I got futuristic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do look pretty futuristic. Score check: Patrick zero, myself one, Alan one four. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm losing to Alan tonight, but anyway. All right, this one is a shout out to our man uh, David. Mm-hmm. In which year was the first Accord model produced? Matthew. Matthew. 78. You said 78, correct? Yes, I did. Unfortunately, it's not 78. Oh. Oh. Patrick? Patrick? I'm going to go 74. Not 74. Alan? Alan? I'll split the difference. 76. <laughs> Alan got it. <laughs> what? Thank you. Thank you. No! Uh, bonus question. How many generations has there been? Alum. Alum? Five. Bum, bum. Uh, Matthew. Matthew? I think there's been eight. No. Oh. Incorrect. Something um, better. Say, um, six? No, unfortunately. It's Is actually it... ten. Uh, ten? There you go. Ten. It's quite yep. a few refreshes. Yeah, the ninth gen came out in 2012, and um, obviously they've gone to the next one up to 10 now. Sorry, so it's been going quite some time. All right, I had to throw in a what car am I because they're always good. Here we go. What car am I? I was introduced in 1999 and had a very funky look. I came as a three-door hatchback in my first generation. My second generation came in 2009. And I now was a five-door hatchback, and my only transmission choice was a CVT. Alan. Alan? Mitsubishi Mirage? No, not Mitsubishi Mirage. Originally, I came with a one-liter engine, and in the second generation, I had a 1.3 engine, and both had an electric motor. Matthew. Matthew? Honda Insight. Correct. Yeah. The last little bit was, I am made by Honda. What am I? Question seven. Let's see if you've been um, keeping your eye on the news. Question seven. Nissan and Nismo released a GT4 race car for 2023. What is it based off? Alum. Oh, Alum. The Nissan Z or 400Z. Correct. Ah. It is. It's pretty good. I like it. Does. It. it does. I wouldn't mind owning one of those. Question eight. So this is still news. This has been in the news and I'm sure you've probably seen it on Facebook and everywhere. Something new from BMW was leaked online. What was it? Alum. Alum? It was the new M3. Oh, incorrect. No! How could this happen to me? I was going to say the M3 wagon, but that was already leaked ages ago, and that's that's already out. Matthew? Yeah, Matthew. Is it, then, is it the new BMW 5 Series? No. I haven't heard anything. You haven't seen anything? People looking at the rear and going, boy, that's one ugly looking car. They've been saying that about the front of their cars recently, actually, to be fair. So, <laughs> yeah, well, wait till I tell you what this is and you see the rear of it. We're just trying to give the car an extra fat ass or something. <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard of a BMW. Give up? I give up. It was the BMW M2. 
Oh, yeah, no, I did see that. What the hell? One number. Lucky Lego extension bits yeah. have shoved here and that, how ugly that is, yeah. Oh. That's been recently leaked and it looks awful. The front still looks awful. Yeah, it's, they've, they've, they've made they've made it a nice car terrible. Like, yep. What, are the, what, are, what, are, what is wrong with BMW styling department at the moment? Like, I oh, no yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that ain't a response. Yeah. I don't know what they've done, but <sighs> they've gone wrong. Yeah. Big time. Bring Chris Brangle back. At least he wasn't as bad. <laughs> he was actually quite good. It, it, it is. I mean, people didn't like it at first, but it kind of grew, and now they're fantastic-looking cars. Yeah, I agree. I don't see it happening with this one, but... No, that's horrendous. Thought, yeah, thought I'd throw that as a question in there because I remember seeing it popping up everywhere and memes about it and everything. <laughs> All right, we're going to move into the last two questions, and they're around Bathurst. Mm. Oh, question number nine. Peter Brock holds the race's all-time win record at Bathurst. How many victories did he achieve? Matthew. Matthew? I believe it was nine. Correct. Yep, it was nine. It certainly was. All right, score check because I'm coming to the last question. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, Alan's going to win. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, right. repeat. Anyway, repeat. Half point, Scotty. Half point. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> zero, myself, three. Alan on six currently. Ooh. It's not right, anybody. This, this, oh, yeah, he's showing the double. He's showing the cobras. The cobras are out. <laughs> this last question, I think everyone should be able to get this one. Question ten: Who is the main sponsor for the Bathurst One Thousand? Matthew, oh, Matthew. Patrick. Matthew got in. Yeah. That's NBM bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm on a mobile connection. I'm already giving myself the point before I even answer the question. It's Repco. Repco it is Repco. They took over from Super Cheap. They must have just had more money. That's no, exactly right. <laughs> it's the only way I could think of. Hey, do Repco this Bathurst? It's all I hear on the radio. Yeah. Score check. Patrick zero, myself four, and Alum is tonight's winner on six. Well done, Alum. Thank you. Thank you. Well done, Alum. He's full. He, he full just did the Ziz pose as well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got to represent. Now, congratulations, Alum. Well done. You, 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 you done beat me tonight. Well done. I did. I did. Thank you. Um, also, I think we had a solid episode today. Good discussion. I, I think it was a great episode today. Actually, yeah. um, I, I do like I do like American cars. A lot of people don't, but I, I think they've got a lot of. I think they've got a lot of character, and, and so something that a lot of cars don't have character. So character Especially is a real, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like it's funny. Dodge is still bringing. They're putting Hellcat motors and everything, and and all the other company, companies are like, well, you got to change. Like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just stick another Hellcat motor. <laughs> it'll, it'll be right. So you do you do the electric and hybrid? We'll, we'll just uh, get more power to this V8. Well, they did announce its ending, so which, which is a you bit know, all good things must end. But I'm sure you can still get it as a crate motor. So we'll go around, Patrick. Your usual plug. What do you need? If anyone's got one, holler at you. Anyone's got any rolling shell S chassis? 15, 13, 14, doesn't matter. Hit me up in my DMs, Patrick Garrick on Instagram. I'll yeah. get back to you for a reasonable price. I'm not paying 50 grand for an S15 rolling shell. Matt, we've had this, this, this discussion before. <laughs> if you are asking 50 grand for a rolling shell S15, doors open, leave. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Stitches, anything to snitch on? You should you, you should have some things to say. I already did. I did that straight away. You did. You snitched. Sorry, you've been done. Alan, go with you. Uh, check out a good friend, Rizzy Ross, uh, at colour.com.au. 
He's doing a lot of stuff in the electric space now. Almost too busy for the, the main men, but, you know, he still makes time. And, uh, yeah, he can also let you know about what people are paying for brand new cars in the market as well. So hit him up. Absolutely. Hit up, hit up our boy Rizzy Ross there. Check out Ed's and David's podcast. It's called Auto Retro, wherever you get your podcasts from. They've got some great stuff. New season coming soon, about to drop. Check out our Facebook page. It's Car Talk TRQ with Money J. If you miss any of our previous episodes, they're all up on Spotify and iTunes and wherever else you get your good good uh, podcast. Not sure how you do. Check it out, merch. Go to teespring.com, type in Car Talk store, and you'll find out merch there. Or go to, or, um, go to support us by becoming a patron to a patron. Go to patreon.com forward slash Car Talk podcast. Gentlemen, honor as always, and I will see you guys next time. Take it easy. Catch you later. Yeah.